episode 64, uh, this glorious, glorious Sunday afternoon, because it took me so long to brew up. <laughs> I guess it's episode not really. 64, George, take your ass to the store with that. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it to the store later. I have to. I've been, I've been summoned, George, <laughs> summoned by the beautiful, queen. Be- beautiful March morning, starting to warm up here a little bit in Las Vegas. Uh, it, I don't know if I like it though. It is it is beautiful outside, and of course I'm I'm sipping on some coffee this morning, and my meteorologist wife, amateur meteorologist, tells me this is the last good day we're going to get of this weather, and then it's going to start cooling off. Oh, is it going to cool off again? <laughs> I hope not. Said so I, I don't mind it actually. I don't mind if it gets cold again. I like it because because I'm just at that point where summer comes here in Las Vegas, and I'm like. I I buckled down for a solid four. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, that that May through August is just ooh. that Vegas heat is something else. You'll you'll so. hear us complain about it right around uh, episode eighty, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, you'll probably God. hear in September. It's so hot. <clears throat> um, another week, another. Uh, we're into another month, Gregor, and I want to point something out. This is okay, a big month. It's probably one of the most important months of the year, right behind February. It's true. I see what you have here. It's a uh, Women's History Month. No. Oh. It's officially Irish Heritage Month. And look, hmm. 50% did you of me. Call, did you call all your Irish friends that are actually Irish to let them know? I had happy beers, Irish Heritage I had beers Month. with them last night. I actually had Guinness last night. I made a black and tan hmm. last night. That's interesting. So you put, you put, you layer a whole theme on top of it, right? Sure. Celebrate sure. Oh, Okay. So special well, shout George, out to I my don't, Irish brethren out there. I don't give a shit about your fake ass month. <laughs> <laughs> because we've been having to hear about your Irishness for, I think it's been about a year now. And I don't. When, when's Egyptian Heritage Month? I'm done. Uh, <laughs> we don't do that. We do Nash, International Diaspora Day. We encompass all. The hell is Diaspora. I don't remember. I don't remember what that word means. Oh, good. It's something to do with culture. I definitely don't know that one. Let's see. In other I'll news, look it up for you right now. Okay, good. Yeah. While you're looking it up, uh, I want to let the these fans know they're listening to the podcast of local influencers. We're almost national influencers, but technically we're local influencers. No. JTD got a message on the gram from a new coffee shop that is opening here in Las Vegas. Are they trying to holler at us? Uh, new coffee is called Bungalow Coffee. And for those that have uh, listened feverishly to the podcast, they know that we did an episode on C3. They opened a Vegas location and it doesn't look like they made it through the COVIDity shutdown. So they did not. New coffee spot taken over that space, which the space is gorgeous. It is an amazing space. I think they did a really good job, but this one is called Bungalow Coffee. And I say this not lightly because it's incredible. Uh, It's time to see the space before we open on 315. Enjoy the food and drink menu on us. Snag a few photos for the gram and connect with other influential locals. Now, I want to focus on that last part because they're putting us in the group of influential locals. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that we've come up, but George, I want to go ahead. I just want to go ahead and let you know that um, we are not influential locals. Yes, yes, we are. (laughs) I wish the governor would call me. What's the the opposite? What's the opposite of influential? Um, Not us. All right, I'll I'll leave that one there. We we just got shouted out by the masses to join a behind the scenes VIP comp session. Yeah, Greg. So I RSVP'd. Yeah, if I get there and there's like you know everybody's there, then I'm not gonna feel so special though. No, Greg, you probably be. Who are some of the other? Who are some of the other local influencers that we (sighs) might see? Hmm. Well, us. There's going to be us. The, that what's his name? The 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 spiky spiky blonde haired magician guy. Who who's that? You don't know that's who's the guy? The spiky blonde haired uh, magician that that's around Vegas. Mm, I don't know that. We posted we posted some of his videos in Slack before. We'll probably get Kim and Dana Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch, uh, if you I watch can't local this, um, I can't do this. I retired. Uh, Flavor Flav. He'll probably be there. He'll probably bring Bridget Nielsen. The Let's tiger that see. attacked Roy. The ooh, damn. What was his name? I, it was, I don't know. He's the got, Simpsons had him on. That's all I remember. Probably predicted it. And, uh, you know, and some other, you know, very, very influential people. Probably Queen of England. She'll probably roll over. Oh, no, we're talking about local. The so Duke that's what and, I find interesting, the Duke right? And Duchess. We start talking about Vegas local influencers. I don't even know who that would be. Well, I let me tell you, there's a there's an account on on Twitter that I that I follow. And this uh, dude we know. You know, the I think it's it's not Vegas locally. What is it? Yeah. Is it Vegas? It's Vegas locally. No, Vital yeah. Vegas. Vital Vegas is the big one. Oh, okay. This dude, his name's Scott, and this guy's like always out and about everywhere. Okay. But uh Is he an influencer? The dude. I, I would think so because all day long people who are, it's funny because people who are coming to Vegas, not even locals will say, Hey, coming to Vegas in two weeks, you know, what's open. Cause the whole shutdown stuff, what can I do? What's the, what's the, what best, what's the hotels open is the best to stay at. And so is he, is he influencing or is he advising? They are, is he, is he giving tips? They are asking him what the best spots are. Right. But does that make you an influencer? I think so. Because your answer, your answer influences other people. I disagree. Because if people asked you that in 1988, where the best spot was, nobody would say you were an influencer. That's because it didn't exist back then. That's my point. They didn't know what to call it. That's my point. They didn't, then they don't exist now. It's just the word has been applied. You know what, Gregor? To people that do marketing. Let me tell you. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Now I will say there's one more thing about Vegas and I want to touch on before we move on to the next one here. Uh, people are obsessed and I blame California for this. The, the Californication of Vegas and uh, Nevada, Californization, whatever. I'm really sick of hearing about this non-smoking hotel shit going on. Who cares? They're, they're trying to roll out non-smoking in everything. And it's not even hotel per se so much as in casino. Right. Right. And we got a we got a new hotel dropping in May. That's what I keep seeing. May fourteenth, the Resorts World's supposed to open up, and there were all these mm-hmm. rumors. Oh, is it going to be a smoke free casino floor? And I, no, you know who's got a smoke free casino floor? Uh, the Park MGM. 
You want to know why? Because nobody goes there. <laughs> the only people that stay there were people that were going to Knights games that were from out of town. Right. I got you. You know, there's yeah, a- I don't I don't care because I don't care to be in a casino that much. You know what I mean? Well, and I and I know and I know if I do go into a casino for whatever period of time it may be, eh, there's cigarette smoke there. It's, I guess being raised here is different, though. It is. And uh, that's but see, that's the problem I have is that you got a lot of people chiming in who just moved here and they moved from a place where you can't smoke outside. I know, yeah, and I now that. they're like, whoa, I want to go have dinner at these. I don't want to walk through smoke. Well, you know what? Buy a Traeger and cook at your house and don't leave. Well, George, you know, we bring this up and you've, you've seen me griping in Slack about, about my situation right now. You know, landlord selling oh. the house. I got to move. And uh, once again, thanks to these jackasses from California, uh, there's zero inventory in the Vegas market. All up in the videos. I'm, I'm a little upset. Houses are selling for 30K over listing price. Rentals are non-existent right now. It's that's, that's wild. Nuts. That's wild. I'm about to be living, about to be living in a budget suites. Hey, let me get that casita built out here. <clears throat> no, I wish we had one. Shit. Uh, you know, it's, it's wild. When I heard that from some of my, uh, real, well, a lot of real estate friends now, uh, yeah. the, you put your house up and you got, you're going to contract within six days. And if you even put in an offer at listing, you'll never get it. You don't get it to think that you're getting 20, 30, 50,000 over listing because there aren't any house. I wonder if they're doing that. Remember after 2008, when there were all the, there was like tons of foreclosures and they mm-hmm. were purposefully holding back some of those foreclosures yeah. so they wouldn't hit the market yeah. to create kind of a fake demand to drive the, the housing price back up. Um, that's a, that's a good, I mean, you would think that, but it's not, it's, it's totally the other way around right now. I mean, I'm watching houses just be built and that's, I mean, they're just going up like at a record pace. It's literally pre 2008 right now. I here. got, I got a buddy who's got a rental house. And because of the rules they put in for COVID, he's trying to sell right now because, uh, cause the market is just crazy. So he's like, yeah. he finally, he's, I think he paid the place off. So he's been renting it for the last maybe six, seven years. Smart. You can't, you can't evict people for not paying the rent right now. So he's got people who haven't paid their rent in, I want to say six months, six or seven months. So he's had, he's made no money off the house mm-hmm. as far as rent goes and he can't sell it because they still have, you know, whatever Ten left in it. Yeah. Like six, six months left on the, on the deal, oh, five the months. Lease. Yeah. Five months left on the lease, uh, six, five months left on the lease. They haven't paid for the last six. Right. And he's, you're never, you're not collecting. You're you not. know, it's crazy about it. It was funny. Cause <laughs> wifey was like i wish i had known that she was finna sell the house you know this i'm this short of a notice we would have just not paid rent for the last six months <laughs> just they can't they can't kick you out they literally can't evict you right now oh i know i know i was just laughing now they could put they could probably you know whatever i've never had to do this before but i think you can put you know uh if you get a judgment, you can put it on their tax liens or something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. I have no idea, but you're not, you're not going to, as a human who owns the house, you're not going to be able to recoup that money. Even if you do wonder, get a judgment, because we're talking about, that's not small claims court. We're not talking about five grand. We're talking about a, 
you know, six months of potentially, I don't know, 2000 a month or whatever. Probably 2K around there. Yeah, exactly. That's not, you're not getting that back. And I wonder, I wonder if there's going to be like a COVID forgiveness on that, right? Like, so he can report it and, you know, like you said, put a lien or, 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 it could show up, you know, for any time these people go to rent something that they put their previous address. I don't know that they didn't pay. Is there a way to do that? Can it go no against idea. your credit? I don't know how that works for a Probably personal not. rental. Probably not. Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's it's pretty interesting. So, hey, Callie, you know what? Two rules I'd like to do. Uh, one, I forget the first rule. Second rule, uh, <laughs> if you move here... <laughs> If you move here from California, you're not allowed to vote for 10 years. Oh, you you can't vote on anything state related for 10 years. You could vote federally. Is that, is that, is that so they skip right over us and go straight to Texas? Doug, please, please go right. Head got, right on you over know, I, I never thought I would get, I would get caught in a market. So influenced by people moving into Vegas in my entire career of living in this bitch i mean this is it is the weirdest of circumstances right now trying to find a place to live it, it's, it's unbelievable crazy. i've never I, I don't know i mean i guess at the end of the day worst case scenario we move into an apartment i don't even know what to do yeah. and, and you know the way i think about it so whatever it's pretty well if you uh if you down with california as a staff record label and as a crew <laughs> then fuck you too okay uh uh, I, I did take the day off on Friday, uh, donated to a, uh, fireman's charity golf tournament, uh, me and mm. little nuts. That's no one for uh, those. What'd you say? Know. A fireman's charity. Oh, golf tournament. They yeah. It was, uh, I can't remember the name of the, of the person and I probably should know the history of it, but, um, it was, uh, his name was, it's like man, M A N N, but it was, it was a charity tournament. I've played in it every year for like the last five years. But okay. me and me and Nolan played in it with with Mayor Don, who's not a mayor, but we just like call him Mayor Don, and uh, and another buddy, uh, Alan, played out there, and we were killing it. We scored a legit ten under for for a best ball, so for a best ball scramble, whatever they call it. Now, Nolan was getting frustrated because on holes where we couldn't birdie, he was like, "I want to win this tournament." I said, "Son, we're not even close." Like we're the winner is going to come in at 16, 17 under. Okay. He goes, no way. He goes, we're, we're in contention. I said, no, we're, we're not. I've played in these tournaments before. The person who wins is the one who's least honest on the scorecard. <laughs> we get, we get back in, we wait. Cause there was raffles too. There was a raffle I was waiting for. That was, it was this badass uh, AR style shotgun. No. Oh my oh God. My God. Are you sure this is a fireman's tourney? It was, but it you know, it's like not like a CPAC, you know, they donate all these things. Yeah. So, uh, Nolan came real close to the longest drive. Oh yeah. He, he hammered. I hit mine out of bounds, but he, he hammered one right down the middle. Man, little nuts coming with the swing. And, uh, he was out the dude that wanted out, drove him by about 30, 30 yards, which it's, okay, well, it's a lot. That's a, le- that's a legitimate out. Uh, yeah. At least legit. he didn't lose by like two yards. But uh, we I I won none of the raffles. I didn't win anything at all. Um, That's good. And uh, what a day! The winner came in at seventeen under, and I just kind of looked at the. I saw the group that walked up and took the first place trophy, and I I think under my breath, quite loudly said bullshit, because we were all outside at the little banquet afterwards. 
So pretty funny. Uh, you know, fun it's times. That it's it's that serious for some people, I guess. Hey, that's just sad. It, that is sad. It's a Play charity it. golf tournament, and is that serious for you that you got it? You had to just lie to win. Nah. Yeah, we're we're we should go out and play straight up. Nah, we fighting. We fighting. Yeah, we should. I'm not having that. Anything? Anything for you? Want to add anything for the wrap up for this week? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't have any notes for for the catch up? I had no notes. I didn't do shit. You didn't do anything this week? No. I graced you with my presence on Friday. That's true. You did. Oh, you no. Did, um, Thursday. No, it was like Thursday. Yeah. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. You did. Um, You know, I, I was I was in my drawers. Oh, and, here uh, we go. You rolled up here in the morning. My dog was barking. Unannounced. But no, that was pretty funny. I didn't I didn't think you was going to do that. So good thing JD, uh, JD got foot in here. You would have been done for, bro. Please. We been game over because we because we that would mean that you came over before we had a chance to scrub the floors and oh, I don't care, you know vacuum and all that shit all i know is um, that the dog loves me wifey's car here's something exciting wifey's car she she went somewhere earlier this week and i went to go walk the dog like you know 30 minutes later and it was just this big puddle of greasy ky lubricant in the driveway i said it before you could say it that's all yeah, good i don't know what you're but it was talking some about. big greasy it was some big greasy puddle of lubricant in the driveway i was like what the hell is this and I wiped it up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's something out of the car engine, whatever. And so she came back and it was like, you know, the sun was going down, whatever. So I'm out there with my flat, my phone light under the car looking. I can't see nothing. I open the hood. I can't see where it's coming from. I'm like, what the hell? And so then the next day, um, you know, we had the car parked in the street. But the next day I was sitting there looking at the driveway and I'm like, that came out of the rotor. And sure enough, I went and looked at the rim and there was just grease all over the rim. It's on the brake pad. Is that a bearing? Is that like the bearings in there going? Where out? the bearings go, they pack them in there. Should have been a mechanic. The, they grease them up exactly. So I was just, I was just. It took me like twenty four hours of just sitting there, and I, so I was like, wait a minute, that's where the that's where the rotor is. And I bet, and I looked, and that's exactly where it was. So, yeah, so you know, that's fun. Got to go pay get that fixed. But at least it's not engine related because engine related right, can right. get expensive. It's not. It's not. It's it, and it, actually, we'll see. It might be under warranty because we just had the dealership replaced the brakes mm. uh i think last september october yeah, so sound like some messing around yeah hopefully they can fix that shit and then that's about it bro oh a week ago i did watch uh about a week night. ago <laughs> it was all good oh yeah bobby bobby schmurder that's right out yeah if you're um, listening bobby uh let us know if you want to come on the podcast <laughs> email us at uh schmurder at uh justdrip.com uh schmurder roasters at so I did watch that uh that Night Stalker. <clears throat> I started uh, it. I haven't finished it. I liked it actually because it was quick. I think it's only four episodes. Mm-hmm. So you know I have a hard time being in for the long haul, like 15, 20 episodes of anything. Like if I don't know it's good already. So I fired that up. I think uh I think your boy Earl hollered at me about it. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it. I'll watch it. Cause I I, I try not to watch too many crime documentaries because there's just this stupid like they do the reenactments and shit. And I'm like, okay, they're pretty bad. This is terrible. Right. Yeah. But I'll tell you great. what they did. That was pretty cool on this one. Well, a, like I said, it's only four episodes. So they get like, they get straight to the point. Every single episode is like, uh, he did this, 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 and this. And then next episode, he's like, Oh, and then he did this. Like this dude was like, I'm not even going to talk about the shit he did. Cause it's pretty bad. But you know, if you're familiar with the night stock, you know this, but this dude would commit some type of crime. 
and then get in his car and drive like two miles this way and then go get somebody else within 10 minutes. He would just go straight and just go three neighborhoods over and just fuck somebody again? else up. Yep, do it again. Damn. Same or different. Sometimes he killed people. Sometimes he didn't kill them. This dude was doing terrible shit with kids. It was insane. This, the, the doc, the doc is, is pretty good just in terms of the information. But what they did it was really cool. But I could see it would be like, I mean, this wasn't that long ago, right? So like the families of these people are still there. I would hate to see a doc, a how documentary. Long ago, wait, how long ago is not not long ago? The eighties. Oh, dog, that was like. Well, I'm saying this. I'm saying this in relation to like the, he fucked up a lot of people. So there's a lot of families that are still around. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I could you, you imagine? Could you imagine the Night Stalker? Let's just killed your sister, right? <clears throat> sorry, sorry, burrito. I didn't mean to bring that up, but <laughs> the Night Stalker kills your sister, and then here you are. You know, thirty years later, forty years later, and a, documentary, a documentary comes out, yeah. and they talk about. You know what I mean? Like so. I, I can, I can see, see. I, I think it's almost kind of invasive to some to some degree, but um, they do this thing where they kind of do these digital 3D mock-ups of the crime scene for, based on photo photographic evidence from it. Yeah. And it was actually pretty awesome the way they did it. It looked legit. At first, I'm like, damn, how did they get a camera in like 1986 4K. or whenever it was? And I'm like, oh, dummy, that's not how they did it. And they, so they do these kind of these, you know, it's pretty brief, but they do a pretty good job reconstructing these 3D like rotating models of the crime scene at certain points. Um, but did you know he uh, he just died like nine, eight years ago? I feel I feel very disconnected from the story because I don't I didn't know about the Night Stalker and I I started watching the documentary. And okay. I didn't, I, I didn't even make it through the first episode and I had something to do or somewhere to go and I didn't finish yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I just remember hearing, I remember hearing about him when I was a kid here in Vegas, you. but I mean, he, of course he was in LA Well, he was doing, he was doing shit in LA and San Francisco, I guess he was driving oh, back and forth. Darn it. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I just, it was, I liked it because again, it was a short documentary and I think it was good, well done in getting to the point. They didn't like throw in, you know, when you watch a documentary, you're like, and you watch an episode somewhere in the middle, one or two episodes, yeah. even like Game of Thrones, you know, a TV show. And you're like, ah, oh, that's a throwaway filler episode. Like they needed to contractually yeah. get yep. like this was a filler. It did unnecessary. Like this was everything was to the point. So I recommend huh. it if you're into a, a pretty quick series about some real shit that happened. I'm going to check that. I'll, I'll have to I'll I'll get back into it. I'll get back into it. But uh, yeah, based on my lack of having done shit. Let's get into this coffee. Let's do because it's delicious. Gregor, uh, you supplied the coffee this week. Um, you want to go ahead and give a breakdown? Uh, yeah, let's talk about it here. This week's coffee is Methodical Coffee. Uh, this is a coffee roaster based out of South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, Greenville, South Carolina. Um, you know, don't know, didn't know shit about them before. This is just one of those things of you know scouring the internet for hours at a time every couple of weeks and finding roasters and, and kind of compiling our extensive list of coffee roasters. Um, methodical coffee. Uh, how do I put this? I think when I got to their website, I think it might've been the artwork of the bags that, that drew me into uh, deciding that's who was going to be the coffee of the week for us today. Um, I ended up getting a Colombian coffee it is a frontera de planadas Ooh, you like that you like how gabe would be proud yanti would be proud of that you nailed all the (laughs) i had to look this up because obviously i'm not fluent in anything um not even english uh front of the plants 
border of the it says border of the planadas it doesn't even give me a uh let's see if i go spanish oh flat border flat border is what it says Uh, okay plain planadas plain got it so it is the flat border so i'm assuming it's probably some flat territory um this is a washed process roast i would say this is probably a, a light let me look at it again it is this has an ethiopian yeah. god it smells it smells amazing i don't even know what to say about that it's a washed roast i mean sorry a washed process um i think i already said that the mazels though george you peeped the mazels on this baby mm, i did 1800 to 2000 we're actually uh, going to touch on that in the news by the way varieties are katura and castillo uh this is for this particular roast it will cost you about 17 dollars for a 340 gram bag that's it that's 12 ounces yeah and uh our tasting notes which we're going to get into here again these are very specific and you know we have we have personal we take personal uh uh offense or or, or personal uh we give personal praise if, if your notes hit so um, these are pretty specific at, at hazelnut, caramel, and cinnamon. They didn't say baking spices, chocolate, and nutty, right? Like that would be the right. more basic of the, so they're drilling down here on the tasting notes. Um, a little bit about Methodical Coffee first before we get into it. Um, on their website, they let you know they opened their cafe. So they're a pretty young company. Uh, February 11th, 2015, they said they had pennies in the bank. Um, I guess that means they took all their money out of the bank to make open the store. Or do you think they opened the store with, you know, okay. I think they, They I think they used every amount of money they had between them to open this place, man. So that was a, that was a, we got to win situation, I guess. Yeah. Um, they believe any successful business is built on three pillars, exceptional product, customer service and, uh, experience. And they are owned by David Baker, Will Schertz, and Marco Suarez. Um, and they all kind of do something different. It says Dave handles the operations, Will is the roaster and coffee leader, and Marco designs our brand and experiences. So, I mean, they've got it. It's a three tiered approach here. It's not like a single person owner, it's not a chain or anything that to that uh, effect, rather. Um, so, again, getting back to, to what drew me in was, was the bags. These are, um, uh, you know, we'll save that. I'm kind of jumping out of order here. These these bags are beautiful, though. Um, let's get into the coffee. Mm. So I'm going to preface what we're talking about today with the other bag that I got. The other one was, we had at the um, house on Thursday? God, what was the hell? What the hell was the name of that? And it was a red wine yeast inoculation. Yeah. So it was, you know, pretty much a fermented uh, process on that one. And I'll tell you what, man, that that was a really wild, you know, we always oftentimes you'll hear us talk about funky coffees. And this was a this was a really funky coffee. Um, I can't find it right now, obviously. I don't even know if it's on here anymore. But it was I was really blown away by that coffee. And it was peanut butter. It was peanut butter, berries, and fruit punch were the, were the notes on that. Uh, fruit punch seemed a bit specific, but uh, the peanut butter and the berries were definitely there. Very, very impressive coffee. Um, so I have to admit, I think coming from that funkier coffee that I got, um, stepping into this one, 
it felt like a step down for me in tasting notes. Um, it just didn't hit the same, I guess you would say, right? These young kids yeah. say that stuff these days. They do. It hits they do. different. It, that that hits different. So, um, oh, it was Brazil Cold Soul. That's what it was. That's the one I got. It, the, 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 let's see, cold wine yeast inoculation with a varietal bean named Mundo Novo. Mm. And the elevation, the mazels on that one, George, were 700 to 800. I don't know if I've ever heard a sub-1,000 mazel. Well, on remember, was it last week? Was it last week we talked about uh, there was a coffee farm for sale for 14.5 million in California? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That, You're right. We did. There's no way they're hitting 2,000 mazels. No, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so, unless it's like top of Big Bear or something like right. that. So... <clears throat> But by saying that the Brazil Cold Soul, the other one that we are not featuring today, but I, I had to talk about it because I think it's such an impressive coffee. Um, the Frontera de Planadas is no chump. No, this is um, good. It's, I think it hits every note to an extent. It's funny, George, I'm not gonna, I, I'm seeing what you wrote. And I'm not going to say what you said, but I will I will kind of counter what what you have written here. Um, I taste that cinnamon. I think it I think it's very I prominent. Um, I think the caramel. Is there it's almost a separate flavor for me, um, and this is going to sound so generic. pretentious, but it's oh. almost like not generic, but pretentious. It's almost like the sugar flavor of the caramel and the butteriness of the caramel are, are, are kind of hit in a different way for me. I, I'm not getting those harmoniously to, to really give me like, Oh, that's caramel. Um, and then hazelnut I've already talked about. I've had, and I've had hazelnuts before. I can't identify this flavor specifically ever. Um, I do agree with you. I think there's, there's definitely a nuttiness in there. I'm just not sure it's dialing into, um, a hazelnut specifically, but again, just to pref or just to kind of, you know, shoot them some bail on that. I, I, I'm not dialed into a, a ha I, I might have to go buy a bag of hazelnuts and just start <laughs> eating them. So I'm, so I'm familiar with the taste of it. So I can say yay or nay to that. Well, you have fun with your sack of nuts. <laughs> and, and also it's, um, the, I did, a, I did a one to 15 on this and, uh, it's a pretty sturdy brew. You know, it's not, it's not tea. Like I think it's, it's got a pretty, pretty serious mouthfeel to it. Um, <laughs> there's no bitterness to this coffee also. I, that's no. also, it's just beyond impressive to me. Um, and, and nor with the other one that I had. So, you know, from them. So I, I think these guys are doing an outstanding job. George, what do you think about this? Um, right out of the bag, I can get, I get hit with the caramel when you open the bag up and start smelling, uh, in the, the roast across the board. Um, you know, I've, I've said this before, sometimes and I, I'm not a roaster, so I don't know how this process happens. If it's the if it's the nature of the green bean that you start with, or if it's the roasting process, but the the chaff in the middle of this really resembles the the Ethiopian. Every Ethiopian I see has a real light color, mm -hmm. and then some of the other coffees we get don't have it. Right. So I don't know if that's if that's a bean characteristic or if that's a roasting characteristic. I really don't know, but. But that's that's something that, you know, you can see out of the bag. But the, the, I we've yet to get a coffee here where where we open the bag and we're like, ooh, gross. This is nasty. Like this. It, they all smell terrific because you love coffee. So it's not going to be bad. 
but uh, definitely smell the caramel coming out of this one. Uh, I switched up the game to the this week. I normally do a pour over. Um, I still keep the one to 16 ratio with 57 grams of coffee, 900 grams of water out of the fellows. And I use the French press attachment for the manual three. Hmm. And this is new. I, I do not have a lot of experience with French presses. I know you have uh, the American press at the house. <laughs> I do. I do. I actually have, I have a French press and I have an arrow press too, but uh, one and, of, and I, and occasionally I bench press. Not, not often though. Within weak ass, <laughs> within weak ass tries. So, <laughs> so I, I popped this attachment on. I've never used it. We've had the manual now for 64 episodes and I've always done a pour over and I just wanted to try it out. And I'm pleasantly surprised that the, the process on this thing is pretty cool. And I did not, when you press down and then I used uh Gregor, I got to give you credit for this fellow's uh, find. So I've never done this French press deal. Normally I take the grounds off and then I just let the coffee sit in the bottom of the manual. But I knew I had to pour off the coffee into something else because I didn't want, I just didn't want it to keep, I didn't want it to keep um, steeping. Is that the right right. Part? Right, I didn't exactly. want the grounds to sit in this wall. It would have been just sludge. Um, so I poured it in there, but. Yeah. Um, so j- just real quick, um, George is referring to the fellows go or the fellows move. I don't remember the name of it, but yeah. if you go to fellowsproducts.com, um, they've got these really, really awesome uh, travel mugs or cups or ceramic double insulated steel walled, uh, just amazing coffee cups really yeah. to, to take your brew around in. So. When you go to fellowsproducts.com, enter the code just the drip for zero percent off. <laughs> enter that code for nothing. Uh, enter that code and they'll upcharge you another 10. So um <clears throat> right after the brew, uh first taste, I don't think I've I've had a coffee in a while that hits on this close to the notes on the bag. Like you said, sometimes we get, you know, chocolate, macadamia nut and, you know, uh, oranges or something. <laughs> the I'm, and, and kind of like you, I don't really have a large uh, palate for exactly hazelnuts, but car- caramel and that nutty flavor in this are spot on. Um, I don't get the cinnamon like like you mentioned. And I, and I don't know if you're getting a hot cinnamon or a sweet cinnamon. It's not hot cinnamon, and okay. I don't play that. I don't play that hot cinnamon. Bullshit, I don't either. So, I'm not a fireball know. fan. This ain't no hot tamales at the movie theater <clears throat> type game. But even even on the cool down, you get a little more concentrated version of the the caramel, and I call it hazel any nut because it kind of it just has a. Uh, if you think about you know maybe a cashew or I don't know cashews almonds whatever. It, it just has kind of a nutty flavor when, when you drink it, it's just good. Those rich nuts. Yeah. They, they should have put rich nuts, <laughs> rich nuts, caramel, and cinnamon. And people would have been like, Ooh, that does taste like rich ass nuts. That's like some rich nuts. Yeah. Basically. Uh, so really, really great coffee. Um, I'm, I'm impressed with these guys. The, you've already said it a few times. The bag is incredible. I could see why you picked it um, when you were going through, different different uh coffee roasters online um yeah the bag the bag definitely wrote me in and and the bag itself the the i don't know what this material is or i don't know if it's the 
I mean, it's not that it's that different, but I don't know if it's the outer paper that they're using. It just has a, a much sturdier feel to it. You know that this bag doesn't have the side panels. It's, it does not. This seam. is not a side panel bag. There's no, side not seams at all. on it. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit different. I don't think it makes a difference in, in packaging, but it's a different look. I guess it's one, one less angle you have to design. Yeah, I guess Instead so. of having You're to design right. the panels, but, uh, this is a mixture of line art and what looks like watercolor. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the, on the back, it lets you know the artist is Annie Cole. Coel, Coel, Cole. Um, and then they have a quote. I don't know if they wrote this. There's a beautiful paradox in the simplicity of brewing coffee and the complexity of its mastery. Is that is that the same quote that's on the other bag you got? I think so. I think it oh, is the okay. same quote. So that's I, I maybe, have to look. Maybe that's I, like a. I also like have a, that cascara. I bought that bag of cascara from them, um, and I have yet to try that out. Now I I got to ask you about that one too because I haven't tried it either. Am I supposed <clears> to run that through the grinder? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you just steep the. I'll look up a recipe. I'll find something for how to how to brew yeah, cascara. I think you smells... just. I literally think you just take the those dried cherries and put them in a mug or something with hot water and let them steep just like you would tea, and then you probably strain it out. That is weird. So, um, that's really weird. So. All right, let's wrap up this segment here. Methodical Coffee. Check them out at methodicalcoffee.com. If you go to their site, they have I have to uh, this is something else I do have to praise them on is their um the 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 extent of information on their website. If you go to I think it's their third link in the top there, it's called Learn and they have a blog obviously where they post quite a few things. They have brewing guides if you don't, you know, if you're trying to figure out the best way to 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 uh, brew their coffee and they've also got a coffee a to z and this this might be a little bit of a filler page um just because some of the or maybe just the very bottom is kind of this funny uh you know thing what y stands for and it's also not really a to z it's like it skips a couple of letters like it goes a b c d let's see e f g h there's no i j k or l but they basically just kind of give you a glossary of terms. Um, if you're new to coffee, this might be something that's worth uh, reading just so you can be a bit more familiar. Uh, there's something I've realized, George, um, and Methodical is no exception. A lot of, uh, a lot of brewers are uh, mentioning the uh, Kalita wave as the uh, preferred pour-over method. What uh, the hell is that? It's a, it's a flat bottom. It's a basket brewing pour-over method. Um, so you know, I'm thinking maybe I'll get a Kalita wave and try that. I think that's, uh, the preferred or the recommended way to, uh, to brew. Uh, I thought it was a movie. Way. Carlito's way. <laughs> I didn't even know you could brew coffee like that. <laughs> Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Yeah. Uh, if I could have one and you know, we've said so many positive things about this coffee. Uh, this one goes out to the web design. Who's ever doing it. They definitely got to put a uh, background say. background color say. on the nav, <laughs> and and have that and have the content go underneath that. You um, know, I wanted to be angry about it. In some sections, though, it works just fine. Um, and what I mean by that is, uh, you already know what's there, right? But there's other sections where there's pictures on that left hand side that really block out whatever is in that that top left nav well it just, i'm not it, sure 
I'm not sure it's that serious for this coffee website though. Almost. God, it, it is. It is. Uh, if you want our expert opinion, it is uh, important <laughs> and you should definitely stop that. It does. It messes with the brand. I mean, look, the logo is prominent right in the middle. And then when you scroll it, uh, what is that? The Z index. If you put it, oh, the logo and all that there. is definitely on top. I mean, the low, the nav it, bar, all that is still on top of the content. It is, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that. But there's background. no background. There's no background I would, there. I would, I would set the background so that all the content rolls behind and you keep the nav on top. Anyway, that's, that's our expert opinion on your website. If you, if you want <laughs> help with your design or web, web work, uh, go ahead and email us at, email us at fixeverything at josephdrip.com. Oh, that's true. Um, if you happen to be in the Greenville, South Carolina area, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a bunch of addresses here, but I'm going to give you the real deal. Um, their original location is downtown Greenville, uh, 101 North main street, suite D. Um, they have two other locations methodical (laughs) at landmark. Stop that George. (laughs) Sweet D. Stop. Stop. <laughs> 207 Wade Hampton Boulevard. Uh, that's at the Landmark. Uh, I don't know what Landmark is. I tried to look it up. It looks like some sort of a store where you you get, it's like an outdoorsy type of, not outdoorsy, but they have like design products based on like national parks and stuff like that. And then there's another one um, called the Commons, Methodical at the Commons. That's 147 Wellborn Street, Greenville, South Carolina. That's where they have their uh, place where you can take classes on brewing coffee. And it's also where they roast their coffee. Um, something I found interesting though, is while looking at the back of this bag, they then have another address. It's three Macbeth street on the back of the bag. So I don't know what that is. Maybe that's just their office where you, they send emails from. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, maybe that's where you send, uh, so there you stuff. go. Four addresses to fulfill all of your, uh, methodical coffee needs. Uh, shout outs to the crew over there. Great brew. You're welcome. You ready for some news, Greg? Please. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, here is the news. Oh, this first one's you. What's what's going on here? Oh, it is me? Okay, hold on. Let me let me scroll through this. Yeah. Ah. So a couple of reasons obviously I went to this one because I love yeah. a good I love a good discussion. Um it it it's it's not only it's three reasons really. One, Richmond, they're talking about Richmond, Virginia. Oh, um, so, you know, shout outs to the homie T-Sway. Two, they eliminated tipping at this at this particular uh, coffee shop. And three, because the owner says that uh, tipping is a racist practice. For real? Yeah. So I had to di- delve a little deeper into this. And um, I'm just going to pull a couple of quotes here from the article for you. After the Civil War, white business owners still eager to find ways to steal black labor created the idea that tips would replace wages. Civil rights advocate Michelle Alexander wrote in the New York Times, when President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the nation's first minimum wage into law, it excluded restaurant workers whose ranks were heavily populated by black people and women. Between 2010 and 2016, the median estimated hourly tip for white servers and bartenders was $7.06. It was $6.08 hourly for Latinx servers. $5.57 hourly for black servers and $4.77 hourly for Asian servers. Mm. (laughs) How much did Irish servers make? How much, what, where's the, where's the breakdown on Irish servers? Um, I think the Irish servers got a dollar 25. 
Okay. Let me tell you something right now. If you're going to do a breakdown <laughs> and we're going to keep everybody in these little tunnels of, of, you know, you're this race, that race, I want to start keeping track of the Irishness going on in here. I want to know how much they were making. And this is the second time I've seen Latin X. What, <laughs> what the hell? What, what the hell are they doing? Like, okay, look, there's I so many Latin different X, Latin cultures. Think, yes, that's why. Everyone. They, yes, X is the All variable. Of, if, if Cuban, Mexican, Colombian, Spanish, you're, guess what? You're all Latinx. Pretty much, yeah. That's terrible. I'm offended by that term. So I want to touch on this real quick. So when I was, when I was bartending, yeah. um, and, and I, there's, there's reasons for this, but I'll tell you this much. When I bartended at a, a place called Bikinis, it was in the Rio. Mm-hmm. Back in this was oh one to oh three, um, you it was it was a beach themed club, right? Yeah, girls wore bikinis, dudes wore swim trunks and tank tops or just swim trunks, whatever you wanted to do. <clears throat> I got a lot less in tips than the women, obviously, that were wearing. Greg, bikinis. I'm shocked. I am shocked. Um, and I. I don't, I can't say for sure that I made a lot less than my male counterparts that were white. I was the only black dude behind the bar. Like uh, it was odd at that time back in Las Vegas. Wasn't no black folks behind the bar. Really? Yeah. 2000. This article would like you to believe different. Well, I'm just letting you know in back in 2000, if you were working on the strip or near the strip, unless you were a union worker, like on the, in the casino floor, yeah, there wasn't very many black folks behind the bar anywhere. You know, let me I'll, I'll say this, too. This is this survey, I think, is taking place in Richmond. You can't compare any other spot to Vegas. No, I don't think this was. I don't know else. if this survey was specifically in Richmond. It says right here um, it was according to an, anal- an analysis of U.S. Census and Bureau of Labor Statistics data by Eater. So it was Eater put this out and they I pulled would, the information from the Census Bureau. <clears throat> I would like to pull. Um, employment data from pure management or pure when it first opened, when you would hear rumors that barbacks were making a hundred thousand a year from all the tipping um, going on. That's possible. Um, at pure, I know, I knew a couple of waitresses there that were making 250, 220, yeah. 250. What were their, did, did they racially profile the employment force so we could put together this data? That's interesting. <laughs> um, I don't think there was a single I pure. I don't think there was any black folks behind the bar. Really? Yeah. I had an opportunity to transfer over there, but I was like, nah, I'm done working in the clubs. I'm through with oh, it. Oh, okay. So I, I could have went and made a shit ton of money, but it just realistically I was I was just over that that nightlife bullshit at that point. It was it was a gold rush back then. It was a it huge really gold was. rush. It was still it was still the Wild West and the tipping farms and because it was pure where the FBI finally came in or not FBI, God, the IRS came in and was like, yo, yeah, we know, <laughs> we know y'all ain't just making, you know, 50,000 a year bartending here. So they would, all they had to do was, was drive over, uh, to the <laughs> corporate offices on any Tuesday for the meeting <laughs> for the, and look at the cars, the cash table payout, <laughs> the, the that, envelopes. When I, cause that, if, for those who don't know, that's where I met Gregor, uh, when I started over there at, at peer management and, when I saw the very first meeting day for operations, the, the car, the parking area 
which was not phenomenal oh, there. The parking, parking situation sucked there. Terrible. But it looked like an exotic motorsports uh, showroom. It was insane. It, VIP f- hosts pulling up in yeah. Ferraris. We were like, wait, what? Yeah, Ferraris, Bentley GTs. It was wild. Like, so there's there's a reason why, you know, probably. <laughs> yeah, you weren't making 50000 a year driving no. a Ferrari. No. Um, so, but, but hey, look. I hope they fix it. This this actually comes up because I put it in the notes here. Uh, mm-hmm. Xanadu Coffee, we did a few episodes ago. Um, they also talked about doing away with the with the tipping um, because yes. the owner there, maybe in the same line, wanted to do more of a profit sharing with the staff. So he paid the staff a much higher, way higher than minimum wage. So everything was built in. So there was a, a profit sharing mechanism to pay the staff more, which... I think it's, it could be better too, because then it doesn't matter what shifts you work, you know, oh, they gave me the crappy shift, you know, I'm working opening and nobody gets here till two o'clock. But if the, you know, if the store does well, you know, all the employees are, are focused on the, the, the end goal, the the top dollar revenue, not just revenue by shift. Right. Right. That's cool. So yeah, this guy, I did, this guy basically kind of believes in just equal pay um his name is eric spivak um it says he opened up the store it's just in the 800 block of west broad street near virginia commonwealth university um he is paying 15 dollars an hour to his uh employees there and eliminating tipping so i mean shout outs to them i mean if it works for them and everybody makes a decent amount of money then cool i i i would wonder i would like to see that as if you if you were an employee there or there or any coffee shop in the surrounding area what is your, what does your take home look like with tipping versus with no tipping and a flat pay of 15 uh that's a great it's a great question you know what i mean I'm, I'm just curious. just wondering how that would break down um i definitely listen when i worked at the nightclub i remember we would get a check <laughs> every two <Yeah>. weeks <laughs> and that check was like I'm going to pay my cell phone bill and light phone light bill with it. Maybe like it was yeah. $200. It was no, it's not like that's that check all, was worth anything. You know what I mean? That's all you were getting as a bartender. <clears throat> oh my God. The the minimum wage was just, we got paid minimum wage and yeah. um, I worked Wednesday. No, wait, Wednesday. Wait. I worked Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Those are or Friday, Saturday, right? Sunday. Right. But I was only on, like six hours and done. Yeah, so something. the nightclub, the nightclub would open nightclub would open at 10, right? I would some come, we, we were as bartenders, we were supposed to clock in 30 minutes before our shift. So clock in 30 minutes before, and I'd be done anytime, anywhere between 2 AM and 4 AM. So that yeah. check was nothing, bro. It was yeah, all tips. Pretty wild. It was that's all tips. Wild. So anyway, well, shout know, outs, shout outs to my tip workers out there. And, um, hopefully, you know, all y'all out there in a, in a situation at a place, it's not a nightclub where the money kind of just falls out of people's pockets. People get drunk, tip more, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> hopefully you're making a nice living wage. Um, because I know how tips can make or break you. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, at least they know exactly what they're going to get. There's no, there's no guessing. George. Yeah. I need you to give me a better breakdown on Maisel's. You got some information on that? <clears throat> so. We talk, we put a lot of emphasis on Maisel's because we know the game, but now we're going to help you guys out that are listening with the game. This is why, this is why it doesn't make sense when you got a coffee roaster who doesn't put Maisel's on the site or doesn't put Maisel's on the bag to let you know 
um, methodical puts it on the website. So we're fine there. Uh, the easiest way to understand this is coffee plants grow slower at higher elevations. Slower development Mm. means more time for the bean inside the coffee cherry to mature. This leads to complex flavors that tend to be those that appeal more to experienced coffee drinkers. This speaks directly to the hosts of Just a Drip because we are experienced coffee drinkers. Now, I wouldn't say we're experienced coffee raiders or, you know, we're, we're, we're of the G grade. We're not, we're not, uh, whatever Q graders, we're not registered Q graders, but we're G graders because we came up with that term. This is a fact. Um, you need a magical combination of a tight temperature band from 60 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit. You need to be in a frost-free environment with plenty of sun- sunshine, lots of rain, and proper drainage for coffee to thrive. Uh, parts of this parts of this article also say that um, the coffee farms work best if they're on like a ridge. I think that's I think that's kind of what they're talking about. The coffee plant must not um, grow well if it's in sitting water. So if you planted oh, okay. this, let's say, let's there say needs if to be were, drainage is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if it's planted on a slant or some, some form of a slant, it'll still get that rainfall and absorb, but it will not have sitting water on the plant. Got it. it okay. All the runoff goes into its, its own little section. So that's, that was kind of cool to, to figure out there. But the, the moral of the story here, higher elevation, the plant will grow slower and the, the coffee will actually mature inside the, the cherry and you're going to get better flavor. So higher mazel, better flavor. I like more, it. More mazels, more flavor. <laughs> a little something, a little something for you. That's interesting. I was, I think I've, I've never really been concerned or worried about what the hell the mazels meant. I mean, obviously we knew higher elevations. I think I just, in, in essence, I just knew that higher elevation for some reason seemed like that was a good thing for making coffee. And I know there's, I wanted to say, I would know that you couldn't make it at a low elevation, but we're seeing the opposite of that. Yeah. You know, we're seeing that this coffee is being, can be brewed, you know, obviously below a thousand mazels, below 700 mazels. So that is really interesting. Obviously the climate is going to, is going to need to be right in the soil and all that fun shit. But, um, that's interesting. I like that, George. I learned something today. Well, you know, in the, this comes from Seattle Coffee Gear. That's the website I was on. So Okay. Well, shout outs to Seattle Golf Coffee Gear. Shout outs to Gail, who's retired. Gail. But, us, you know, she will forever be the face and name of Seattle Coffee Gear for long, me. Long live Gail. Yes. 100%. Um, second up, or third story here. Uh, the number one worst coffee to drink, according to dietitians. This mm. is going to come as no shock to anyone there because it's technically not coffee. The unhealthiest coffee is one with lots of unhealthy add-ons, whipped cream, chocolate, cream in general, uh, or sugar. And that's from the smartest person on the planet, Lisa Young. She's a PhD. I don't know what RDN registered dietitian nurse. She's a PhD of a yeah. Registered dietitian. I guess so. Oh, Something nutritionist, like registered dietitian, nutritionist. It says there. Okay, Jesus. Um, for those that can't see the pictures that that we've pulled on here, they're talking about frappuccinos. So, I don't think <laughs> I don't think this is a shocker, but we've said it on the show plenty of times. It's not coffee. 
That's and and I would I would think it, this this frappuccino craze that Starbucks has started, your their milkshakes, hundred um, percent. That's all it is. And they write an article that says many coffee drinks are more along the lines of milkshakes. Uh, that they're basically a dessert. So here, if you think you're getting your coffee fill or a frappuccino should replace your americano, think again. You're you're just ordering a milkshake. We've we've been saying this for quite some time here on on and listen, hey, if you like milkshakes, like milkshakes, but please don't call it coffee. That's all I'm gonna say. Coffee might be an ingredient in it, but that's it, it's one of many. So that really waters down the concept of oh, I'm getting a coffee when you get something like this. I've never seen. I'm trying to think of the ingredients that goes into a frappuccino because I don't think they pull a shot out of the espresso machine. I think it's a premix that they throw over ice. I was gonna say it's probably it's probably a, a concentrate or something. Just sits it just sits there. You know what I mean? Like the cold brew I, of it or whatever. Yeah. So either it's a cold, a heavy concentrated cold brew, or somehow they have like an espresso extraction that gets shipped to them in a jug. You know, that's refrigerated probably, and they just pour it in. And because it's gonna have to be to get any hint of coffee flavor in a twenty-four ounce cup that's just full of sugar cream uh you know whatever the syrup flavors that go yeah then you right here you top it with whipped cream it's gotta just it there has to be something that's gonna punch through that that's interesting the the second quote on here is from lisa hughes she is mm -hmm. an mshs rdldn yeah she got a lot going on (laughs) so your name if your name is lisa you might be uh predisposed to becoming a dietitian shout out to the 80s lisa lisa do you know anybody named lisa yes i do i don't think i do i think it's been like 10 15 years since i've known a lisa lisa simpson she's very famous oh okay wow didn't uh michael jackson sing her happy birthday Mm mm-hmm fake michael jackson that's actually one Uh, of the greatest episodes of simpsons ever anyways okay go ahead yes uh next up experts tell us how to not store our coffee beans well i people call me an expert george and i can tell you but i'm gonna go ahead and let you get your journalism off um this article was probably written to fill a quota but i just wanted to i just wanted to throw this one in there uh the freezer is not the best place to store your coffee beans that's a fact i i've never heard of this putting coffee beans in a freezer i have I've seen a lot, and listen, hey, no disrespect, but a lot of you old ass people out there are doing it. And I mean, older than me, that's how old they are. But who, who's buying, who's buying whole bean or maybe ground coffee? It's ground. It's usually the people that have the ground coffee. So they're buying, they're buying coffee grounds at the store in bulk and then throwing these ground coffee beans. They'll put like that whole canister of Folgers up in the freezer. Wow. I don't, I don't understand the concept, but sure. That's what you want to do. Cause Folgers, we've done an episode uh, early on of uh, the, the uh, store coffee. And when you buy a can of Folgers uh, or the big plastic tub, it has a fresh seal on it. Yeah. You don't need to put that in the, but I'll see, but even after I'll see people literally store the coffee though, like they'll reach in the freezer every time they want to make coffee, scoop out some folders and then put, close it and then put it back in the freezer. 
That's the weirdest thing to me. I think my grandmother kept coffee in the freezer. Um, I know I know JD Gaff's mom does. Um, my great grandmother did. So, yes, she did. Uh, Isabel Maples, a nutritionist and registered dietitian. I I don't see any of these LDL RDN. But it, it, well, her name. Isabel, you can spell Lisa with that word. So that's true. Lisa Bell. That's true. Um, she's from the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Uh, this article's from Hunker.com. Ron, Ron L. Hubbard's Dianetics. <laughs> <laughs> the reason is that even a good freezer container can allow some moisture, just like you see when food gets freezer burn. Mm. Uh, when this moisture is absorbed, it can unfortunately change the taste of your coffee. That's a fact. I, I I agree with this too, because sometimes you can, if you don't, if you have a smell in the freezer, which is weird, because I know you can, it, I think either the coffee would seep, the coffee smell would seep into your other foods. <clears throat> or the other or way around, take, because we take the smell. Because we've, we're reading about how you can use coffee grounds to actually absorb some odors too. Yeah. So it could be the other way around as well. It could take on the flavor profiles of whatever the hell's floating around in that freezer. You ever like go to somebody's house and they got like a whole fish up in the freezer? Like it's wrapped in like foil and saran wrap. That's and you're like, what's the, what is that? And like, oh, that's, you know, I went fishing in Cabo last summer and I got like 50 pounds of fish up there. No, I don't okay. like that. Don't, I've seen don't that. Put, don't ask. Don't put whole fish in your freezer. Uh, when it comes, <laughs> when it comes to freshness though, you don't need the freezer or the fridge. Uh, this is the most obvious a hot take here. Maples does recommend keeping your coffee beans away from light and heat to maximize freshness. Freshness. She explains that you can also buy beans from local coffee shop hmm. that roasts on site. Damn we on recommend site. That, we recommend that in every way uh, because we do purchase all the coffee for the show from independent roasters uh, all across this world. Um, so may miss maples. Thank you for telling us not to freeze our coffee. Um, we're extending that knowledge onto all 9 million listeners of just the drip. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and you know, it's kind of what we do. I, that's why I was arguing earlier. We're not local influencers, George, we're international. <laughs> and the it. fact that sound waves go out into the universe, you know, we're universal. Intergalactic. I can't wait. I can't wait till we get start getting downloads from Mars. We start getting what? Downloads from Mars. Like oh, when the heat map please. shows up, where all our downloads come from. Those Both yeah. those rovers, you didn't see the uh, analytics? Both those rovers downloading these episodes. Believe it. Please. Believe it. You got any shout outs, Greg? Do I have any shout outs? Um, no, not a one. Well, I put a shout out in there. Uh, shout out to Gregor's iPad art. Um, I just saw he, that. he started getting his iPad art on and you know what? I got to give him props for the shading. Cause it's incredible. <laughs> he looks like he used the watercolor application. I, I did dabble in there. And, and then went back through, um, with like us, almost like a stencil art or like a patch art or something George, like that. George, you're not, the you're shading's not. incredible on this. You're not being uh, you're not being thorough enough on this. So what happened was, you know, George being as nerdy as he is, this dude has new 
gadgets and technology every other week at his house you know so this guy's got like 17 ipads at his house and i was just commenting casually like ah, you know, i want to get back into drawing i want to try drawing on an ipad he's like please i got like 17 of them just sitting around <laughs> you could borrow one of my old ones i said okay i would appreciate that just so i could try it out um because i'm considering buying buying one this year um so george drops his eye you know comes over unannounced um, <laughs> this isn't, this is not Henderson, by the way, George, you don't just roll up on the house, but came over unannounced, brings me this iPad. iPad dirty as hell, smudge fingerprints all over it. George, oh, so I don't appreciate that. Uh, smells like laundry freshener. I was like, what? This dude washed the welcome. iPad. You're welcome. <laughs> so I got the iPad. I charged this bitch up. I'm like, oh. This is nice. Like it feels brand new, brand new. It don't feel like it's no older generation or anything at all, by the way. And um, he's like, you're going to want to get a pencil to draw on this. And I said, yeah, I know. I got to, you know, get that. I don't know what I'm doing. So I go to the Apple store the other day. I think it was Friday. I pick up my daughter. Mm -hmm. She was at downtown Summerlin yep. hanging out with her friends. I go pick her up. I said, meet me at the Apple store. And I'm standing in line and dude's like, um, man, how can I help you? Almost like he didn't want to let me in the store type shit. Right. They're, they all, to, they're all doing that right now. They had a little like, well, some people were going in the store, but I guess, you know, they, they, they filter you based on what you need. They do. But he's lucky as COVID. Cause I didn't like that. Like he like stepped up and like kind of like stepped in front of me type. I was like, Oh, they're, they hired and sorry to get away from your point. No, they go ahead. hired out. They have hired outside security. This is from someone who spends at least one hour a week in the Apple store. I could see why they would need outside security. Listen, if my leg wasn't busted, I could have been gone. They, they ain't catching me. <laughs> well, <laughs> by the way, I like saying that shit like I, was, like I actually would ever have planned on stealing anything from the Apple store. No, I wouldn't. But, you know, don't test me. I've, I've actually talked to Apple store employees. They're not going to chase you down. No. That insurance purposes. Yeah. Uh, but I will say it's, I'm very happy now that they've opened the stores back up, letting people for they the are longest time, in. they would let you right inside okay. to, if you didn't know what you were buying, then you, they're not letting you in. Right. And then now you can you go actually, browse. Hey, hey uh, but, no barking, no barking. <laughs> he probably hears my voice. Uh, but it's 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 back to somewhat normal. Rigby, we so. almost did it. Shh, ah, ah, quiet. Ah. Do you hear that shit? Yeah, put the headphones on him so you I can talk like, to him. You may turn him up in his headphones. Yeah, I'm letting him look out look out the window here. So there you know, you what? I think that that's helped. what my shout out's going to be. By the way, shout out to you, and shout out to Thank the you. Apple Store because I, I when I when I got there and dude jumped in front of me like he was he, like he wanted to fight me. Because I was hesitant, hesitant to get in the line at first. I'm like, oh, there's a line. I don't even want to. Like, how long is this going to take? I, I want to post. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What are you going to say? I'm going to say I'm going to post this to Instagram, but I need to make sure that I write on the picture. Greg drew this, not George. Because <laughs> oh I tell you what, this got a little bit of Dr. Seuss-ness going on. <laughs> what? That's no and Dr. Seuss. <laughs> As long as Greg drew this, it's okay. Oh, there is had no drawn, Dr. Seuss to this. Had I drawn this caricature, canceled. I would have been canceled. They canceled. would have taken away the podcast. They would have taken away everything. And I would be sitting at home alone with nothing. Well, so I, heard doc, I heard Dr. I Seuss just, was Irish. So, nah. <laughs> nah, he's not. So anyway, so I just Look. I just want to preface this. George <laughs> didn't draw this. 
McGregor, Coffee McGregor drew this. Shout so out, everything is shout okay. Shout out to the Apple store. I sat there, dude, dude came up, cut me off, says, what do you need? I said, I don't know. I text George. George actually texted right back, was like, yo, this is the pencil you need. I said, boom, this is the pencil I need, homeboy. He said, wait right here. Came back in 20 seconds, had the pencil, ran the card, and I was out. I probably stood in that line for two minutes, and it took two minutes to make the transaction, and I left. So, yes, I have the pencil now. I am now drawing on this iPad. Um, George, I went ahead and I bought Procreate, the $10 drawing app for the iPad. I have it, too. And um, that's what I'm using right now. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I am enjoying it. It's fun to have a medium to draw on. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to try to get back to it. So I'm, I will say this. I'm impressed with the responsiveness of the drawing. It's, it's come so far um, since their very first, um, you know, pen and iPad Pro. It's come a long ways, and I really like that. So I I can see either giving you some money for this one unless you need it back or buying a new one. 1.5. Really, really soon. In, on the skinny? On the skinny tires. On the skinny, on skinny iPad. <laughs> 1.5 on the skinny pad. Uh, uh, and yeah, that's it, man. This is, it, it, it's really incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, now, it, this is not a tech review website, but the Magic Keyboard for the iPad Pro. Oh yeah, you do have that on there too. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty, pretty nice. I was having no, no, problems. No, I, you don't, you have to get used to using it. The one I gave you is not the magic iPad. It's not the magic. Oh, keyboard. okay. My bad. I got, that's the, the magic keyboard wasn't out when I got that. Well, me. this one's still Love nice, it did, but it's, there's a learning curve to it. Obviously it is the new, the magic keyboard. The one I'm talking about actually has a trackpad on it. Ah, the new one. And I never thought I would use it, but then now I'm. Well, it's funny. You say that. It. It's funny you say that because when I was using this one, I would type and, you know, do whatever. And then I would instinctually, because of my laptop, be looking to, I'm like, wait, how do I? And I'm like, it's an iPad dummy. And I'd reach. So the keyboard disconnects you from touching the screen in a way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? On an iPad. And then you're like, oh, no, still have to work between keyboard and screen. So I could see why the magic one would be pretty dope. Let me tell you what's going to screw you up even more. The more you use this iPad, you're going to be on your laptop trying to touch the screen. screen. I don't want to do that. I hate that. Well, I, my kids saw me my kids saw me do that once after I was like I forget why I think I was working on one of the iPads that they had back in the day here in the house and I was sitting here and one of the kids says something to me and I reached on my screen to hit like you know next or something and my Marcus goes what are you doing I said I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing right now <laughs> I love it I love it well all right George we're done I can't wait to get I can't wait to get more original artwork from Gregor. Uh, I will get more artwork out there uh, go pick up a bag of methodical I highly recommend it Definitely. Anything from them. M-E-T-H-O-D. Cow Man. to cow. That's, See I just thought week. about that. Methodic <laughs> cow, right? <laughs> I bet they're huge Method Man fans. M-E-T-H-O-D. Can? I don't, what would you say to rhyme that? Nothing. It's the, it's the method of modern brew. M-E-T-H-O-D-C-O-F-F-E-E. Okay, pay me in, bud. I'm out. (laughs) Later. Thank you for listening to another amazing episode of Just the Drip. You could follow and tag us on social media at It's Just the Drip. Tell everyone to search and subscribe to Just the Drip on iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or any other of your favorite podcasting apps. Have a great week, and don't forget to keep dripping.